You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. I put in extra work that just can't be found. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king. God made me punch in accurate numbers. My castle won't crumble. What I tackle will fumble. I've been a leader when they ain't see it, but now my feet is up. According to me, royalty didn't end with King Tut. Crown on my head, clouds is at my legs. Big says sky is the limit. I look down on the ledge. I push the bar like I'm opening the cell. Hands in my cookie jar, you won't come out with a single nail. I need all of mine. The weight of my shoulders won't fit on a scale. What's a king to a giant? Well, Goliath fell. Even if we playing chess, dog, this king can't be checked. I make all my moves on the board. I invented my steps. Uh-huh. I'm a king, the blood of a ruler. I feel like Mansa Musa. Make your squad disappear like landing by the Bermuda. Triangle, look at it from my angle. I'm a king, the closest thing to being one of God's angels. Yeah. I'm a king. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. I put in extra work that just can't be found. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king. Yeah, boy. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening and good night. This is the Code of Conduct with the King podcast. And after a week and some change off, I am back in the building. And not only am I in the building, your boy is in the 716. Hopefully not for much longer, but your boy is in the building. What's going on, Bills Mafia? I know uh, if y'all like me, it's not a good, (laughs) it ain't been a good day, man. First of all, shout out to Bills Mafia. Shout out to everybody that went out to the game last night and made some noise. Um, Whether whether you were happy, whether you weren't happy, whether things, uh, whether you were warm and dry, (laughs) or you was out there cold and wet like K-Gun, shout out to K-Gun. She let me come and set up shop. And uh, because I I tried BNMC, I tried had a couple spots set up that I was able trying to get into to, to go and do the, the show live. Wasn't able to do it. K-Gun came through like she always does for me. So shout out to Kristen. Uh, might try to have her jump in later and, and talk some mess with me. but Or whatever. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. I got a lot to talk about. I got a whole lot to talk about. Shout out to my guy, Anthony. Uh, welcome back, Jay. I appreciate it. It feels good to be back. Uh, still not really 100% feeling myself. So if I end up being a little weird tonight, y'all just pray for me. Y'all love on me a little bit. And, and uh, you know what? I'm going to address that now. Uh, I want to first say thank you to all of the love that everybody gave me over the last week. Um, I missed a few shows because my, my, uh, one of my most favorite people in the world passed away. And she was one of the biggest Bills fans in the world. So before I get into the game and what happened, I think it's only right for me to kind of talk about her just a little bit. Um, I'm not going to make this show like a eulogy. I'm not going to do anything like that. But um, Denise Bowden, my aunt, she, she was um, so much more than just an aunt or an aunt. Or, you know, she, she was way more than that. Uh, I can kind of talk about her for hours. So I'm not going to do that. But I just 
kind of want to talk for a second about how, um, you know, she she was she was definitely somebody who everybody would have loved, <laughs> and and I say that without it being an exaggeration. She's somebody who loved hard. She's somebody who um, loved you in such a way that even when you knew you you weren't really you weren't really doing what you were supposed to be doing, she loved you into she loved you right, you know. And uh, she was just somebody extremely special to me. And and uh, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and move forward because. I've already filled myself. Thank you, Brian. Um, but yo, you know, uh, yesterday, yesterday we had we had a heck of a game that didn't go the way we wanted it to go. It didn't turn out how we wanted it to go, and we could we could point the fingers and we can make excuses and uh, we could say that it's fifty thousand different things, right? I have a I have a couple issues with a lot of the things that I've seen on Twitter, a lot of things I've seen in the media. A lot of stuff I saw today on like Good Morning Football and um, you know Get Up and all these other shows. The the thing that the thing that bothers me first about this whole thing is the narrative that um, it seems like we're already unraveling as a fan base. So earlier when I posted the you know Buffalo Rumblers, we always post the show notes prior to, and then it goes live on Twitter and it's like hey blah blah blah. So the the article that posted for this show. It said Jay Spence is back after a week off after, you know, to talk about the embarrassing loss of the Buffalo Bills. And K-Gun hit me immediately. I actually had two other text messages that hit me. And they like, yo, I wouldn't use the word embarrassing after what happened with Jerry and, and Poyer and, and Micah last night. And I'm like, nope, I absolutely used the word on purpose. But the reason why I use the word, it's a completely different reason than what Jerry used it for and the questioning that he had for um Jordan and Micah um my thing is so first of all I get it we lost we're seven and five we we all wanted to win we should have won and it didn't turn out that way I get that I get that 100 percent so if you as a fan and as a fan base if we want to say hey this is embarrassing it was embarrassing to lose to the New England Patriots for with a rookie quarterback who only threw the ball three times yeah, that's embarrassing. It's it's a it's a history um, it, it's a history footnote that you don't want to be a part of as a fan, as a player. Like I'm sure Jordan, shout out to Jordan, all pro, all pro re riot. We're gonna get back there, but shout out shout out to to Jordan. Um, like I said, it, it was embarrassing. It was a footnote. We don't need history lessons. You know what I'm saying? As a Bills fan, I'm first in line to tell you. Uh, I lived in Indianapolis for some time. Now I'm out in Arizona, and um, I've traveled a bit. And everywhere I go, I represent the Bills. I got it tattooed on my arm. I got the hoodie on, so you can't quite see it. But um, look, as a fan, I'm sure all of you in the chats can relate. Everybody listening to this in podcast form can relate. What ends up happening throughout the years, everybody always talked about the four Super Bowl losses and talked about. So it was always an embarrassment. You always had this embarrassment when you go into these conversations and people, you know, a lot of my friends are like Packers fans and Cowboys fans and fans of teams who actually have won the Super Bowl. And you always get the same thing. Well, you never won a Super Bowl. Four Super Bowl. Right. Okay. So we're used to the embarrassment, right? Last night is not that. And this season is not that. We are seven and five. There's a lot of things to critique. There's a lot of things that the team can get better on. There's a lot of stuff that we can do. Um, or that we should do to get things going right. 
we can talk about that and we will. I got a long show tonight, so we're going to talk about that. But before we do, I just want to talk about the culture. And I'm not talking about the Buffalo Bills. I'm not talking about the team. I'm not talking about one Bills drive. I'm talking about Western New York. I'm talking about Bills Mafia. I'm talking about the media that is here, rooted in Buffalo, that works for the city. I'm talking about Buffalo News. I'm talking about Channel 2. I'm talking about Buffalo Rumblings. I'm talking about Buffalo Fanatics. I'm talking about Cold Front Report and, and all these other networks, all these great networks with all these great entertainers and all these great journalism or journalists. And, uh, you know, I'm talking about all of everybody. There's a portion of us that still have a negative culture when it comes to this team. And it's okay. It's okay for us to critique when they don't play well. I have no issue with anybody sitting here saying uh, Tremaine Edmonds didn't have the best game last night. You know why? Because he didn't have the best game last night. And that's my guy. Anybody who listens to the Code of Conduct or the Chop Up will tell you, the Update Hotline, everybody will tell you, Tremaine is Jay's guy. That's Spencer's dude right there. Bodies. All day. I got to add up the count for Saturday for the Chop Up. I don't even know where he's at. But he didn't have his best game. Doesn't mean that he needs to be replaced. Doesn't mean that we should be. And I'm talking about my guy Nate Geary on this one. Trade Nate Ge- or trade trade Tremaine for my guy Saquon Barkley who can't stay healthy to save his life. Come on. And and not just I'm not picking on Nate. Nate's my guy, so that's why I felt comfortable saying Nate's name there. Shout out to Nate Geary and and uh, WGR and Bruce. But but the issue that I'm having with the way we're critiquing these things is. We're not critiquing these things on how to win games and get better. We're critiquing these things by attacking our players. And, and the one that we've all been talking about today, the one that was, it made ESPN, it made, um, it made FS1. My favorite, my favorite guy, <laughs> my favorite guy was talking about it. Colin Coward is my favorite. He, he's my favorite radio, um, whatever, TV analyst, anything, however you want to, categorize him he's been my favorite and it's been like that for some time um he had a whole monologue on it last night jerry after the game sat down and talked to jordan talked to 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 micah and asked him about asked them about if they were embarrassed (laughs) if they were embarrassed listen you don't you don't I understand. The question itself was not the issue. The question itself, it was a fair question. It was a fair question because the thing is, when you lose a game like that, in the grand scheme of things, it's embarrassing. But here's here's the issue. The issue isn't the question. The issue is, first of all, at that moment, you're talking to two of the best players on the team who are not at fault for the run game getting slashed. You are talking to two guys who are not at fault for whatever you feel like went wrong with the team last night. Yeah, Jordan had a missed tackle, okay, on on the big run. Jordan had a big tackle that was missed. Micah had a big tackle that was missed. But are we, are we not, am I not wearing a poyer for all pro or we riot? There's a reason why I have this. There's a reason why, why, I've been saying all season, Poyer for all pro, we riot. There's a reason why I've been saying Micah Hyde, too. Put that man in the Pro Bowl. Put that man all pro. There is a reason. It's not because 
I like these guys personally. Yeah, sure. I, I, if I had the opportunity to be friends with them, yeah, I'm sure I hang with them and kick it, party, go on their yachts. I'm sure they got yachts. Jordan, if you got a yacht, hit me up, man. I want to ride on a yacht. Okay, let's go party this summer. But, but that's not the point. Me, me liking these guys personally, me liking Tremaine personally, has nothing to do with me being honest about the way they play. And the honest to God truth is we have guys on this team who are ballers. And the guys that we addressed last night are ballers, and they are not responsible for whatever it is that we're saying went wrong last night. They're not. So you don't, you don't do that in, in that spirit and disrespect the players that actually have turned this franchise around. Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde are two of the guys that you should really credit who are still on this team with turning this thing around. Lorenzo Alexander, Jordan Poyer, and Micah Hyde are the three guys that I look at, and I say, those guys came in here and the culture shifted. Yeah, we had Jerry Hughes before that. He's still here. He's the longest tenured player, but Jerry didn't come in and change no culture. Jerry didn't change no culture. You could talk about Josh. We drafted Josh Allen, and that's when the winning kind of started. Sure. That's not when the culture changed. Sean McDermott knew exactly what he was doing. Brandon Bean knew exactly what they were doing when they brought in Lorenzo Alexander, Jordan Poyer, and Micah Hyde. When we brought these guys in, there were people in Buffalo asking who the hell they were. Nobody knew who, who Jordan Poyer was, besides the fact that he had a, a spleen injury when he was with the Browns. Nobody, nobody really knew who Micah Hyde was. There were, there were you know, guys who watched it. I know Greg Thompson, you got Bruce Nolan, you got guys who watch every team, every game. They understand. But when Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde first came to Buffalo, Lorenzo Alexander, when he first came to Buffalo, nobody was like jumping, doing backflips and doing cartwheels to praise the signing of Lorenzo Alexander. But guess what? He came in here, he made a, a he made one of the biggest changes in in this on this team that is still affected today. There's a reason why we are we came into this season excited. We came and it wasn't just because we were in the AFC Conference Championship. It wasn't that. Cuz we were excited last year before we made it to the Conference Championship. The reason why is because the culture has shifted for the team and it gives you a reason to be excited and it gives you something to look forward to. And now what we're looking at is we still have members of the media and I'm including myself in this media now. I'm including myself because I'm part of the problem if I'm gonna come out and, and come down on my guys. These guys do this week in and week out. They bust, it, they destroy their bodies week in and week out and then turn it around quickly to continue to provide entertainment and topics for us to talk about and, and things for you to bet on so you can make more money. You know, like, this is what these guys do. We got to stop disrespecting our guys. We got to stop disrespecting our guys. And move on from that. I don't want to go too far on this thing. Cause, and then uh, the thing is, too, I don't want no enemies in the media. I'm not, I'm not talking about Jerry. Jerry Sullivan has been doing this longer than I've been alive. I'm not, I'm not coming for Jerry. What I'm, what I'm coming for is the culture that's still in Buffalo. We still have a culture in Buffalo of the 17-year drought. We still have a culture in Buffalo of losing, even though the team has moved on. You got a lot of fans that are excited. You got a lot of them. You, you look at the, we've been tailgating, so you can't tell from that. We've been selling out games, so you can't tell from that. 
But what you can tell is that the culture with the team is different. I need the fan base in, in totality to catch up. I need us to catch up. Because seven to five, last time I checked, I remember there were seasons where at this point, we weren't even close to seven and five. Now, I'm not saying that to say, don't be upset about the loss last night. I'm not saying that to say, don't be upset about the Jacksonville Jaguar game. I'm not saying that to not say, don't be upset about the Pittsburgh Steelers game. I still want to know how the hell we lost to Pittsburgh. I still want to know. And it's been, what, 12 weeks, 13 weeks since that? I still want to know. We got to relax on my guy. And if if y'all don't look at him as your guys, that's cool. Relax on my guys. Y'all need to relax on my guy, Jordan. Relax on my guy, Tremaine. Relax on my guy. Matter of fact, let's relax on Josh Allen. Can we talk about Josh Allen for a second? I normally don't talk about Josh Allen on the show because Josh Allen, I feel like the quarterback always gets the love from everybody on every show. The quarterback always, the, the quarterback is always the guy that gets the glory when they win and he gets the hate when they lose, right? I get that. The game against the Patriots, it was not Josh Allen's fault that we lost. Plain and simple. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. I just got done talking about Jordan Poirier and Micah Hyde. By the way, I don't want to I don't want to move past that too quickly. It was not the defense's fault that we lost. Granted, the other team scored more points than us. 
So in, in essence, the defense's job is to stop the other team from scoring at all, right? So if you want to go that deep into it, we could say, yeah, yeah, the defense lost the game because they gave up more points than we scored. Okay. My problem that I have with last night, and this is the first time you're going to hear me say this, and I'm hoping and praying to God that it's the last time you're going to hear me say this. I am not happy with the coaching staff. I am not happy with Coach McDermott. No, I'm not calling him McDiddy tonight because there ain't no love in the heart of the city for your boy Sean McDermott tonight. Zero. Zero. There, there are certain things last season that made us understand that the team was special. And one of those things is the confidence that the coaching staff had in the team to be aggressive. Fourth and two, we're going for it. Hell, fourth and five, we on the 40-yard line, we going for it. The hell we look like punting. Fourth and two on the 30, we going for it. We ain't kicking no field goal. That's, that's, that's who we were last year. That's who we were last year. Now you look at it this year. I can, I can count to, I can point to many instances this year where we're punting when we normally would have gone for it. I can, I can talk about red zone opportunities where we don't even use our most dangerous weapon. I, I'm publicly one of the loudest ones to say, stop running Josh Allen so much between the 20s. <laughs> Once you get that dude in the red zone, why are we not running designed runs for Josh Allen? For the love of God, why are we not just sweeping entirely to a side and letting Reggie Gilliam or letting Zach Moss and, and Knox and whoever just put the big boys in front of them and just go run? We had red zone opportunities last night where the wind gusts were up to 55 miles an hour. 55 miles an hour. And instead of using the one weapon that you know is typically 80 per Josh Allen is money. When we lost the Titans game, and I know everybody remembers losing the Titans game. We remember the Titans, right? Everybody remembers. Yeah, we, we, did the, we did this quarterback sneak, and we didn't get it, right? But do you remember what they talked about? Do you remember what they talked about? For his career, when that happened, prior to us not converting on that, that play, Josh Allen has only not converted one other time for his entire career on a quarterback sneak on the goal line like that. So what, we, we, we miss it once and now we get away from it completely? I think not. And I think that's what the problem is. The problem is we're not utilizing the talent and the weapons that we have. Stefan Diggs is so much more than, a, than a, a player that runs streaks and just catch. He's so much more than just somebody going out for a 40-yard bomb. Yeah, Josh put it there. He didn't catch it because it was hard to track according to what they said. I don't know what the reason was. It hit him on the arm. And when I was a kid, they used to tell me, it hit your hands, you, you got to catch it. I'm not blaming Steph. I know the weather. I know the conditions were horrible. I know. But, the, but what I'm saying is he's more than that. He's more than that. Why are we not using him in the way that we know he can be effective last night? Why are we still using Zach Moss and Devin Singletary to run directly in the middle of the line to gain two yards? If you gain two yards every play, guess what? You're not making a first down. So why do we keep doing it? Do you get where I'm going with this? 
I have questioning about Brian Dable. I have questioning about Sean McDermott. Leslie Frazier is my guy. I got no beef with the dude right now. Leslie Frazier is doing everything that as Bills fans, we, could have, we couldn't even pray for Leslie Frazier's defense to show up the way they've been showing up this year, which is why I wanted to make sure I said at the beginning of this, Jerry and everybody else that wants to bug on my man Jordan, to bug on my man Micah, you got to relax. The defense is doing their thing, but Brian Dayball in this offense, Sean McDermott in this offense, why are we still forcing guys to play who aren't, why are we still forcing guys to play who aren't successful in the places that you're putting them? I, I, I don't understand why we still want to run Devin Singletary like he's LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn McCoy was able to get off big runs by making three or four guys miss in the middle of it. That was LaShawn McCoy. That's not Devin Singletary. And this is not a slight to Devin. Devin is good in space. Devin is good on the outside. Devin is good. Certain LaShawn McCoy, you could run him up the middle. He don't get it. He make a guy miss. He bounce on the outside, bounce back on the inside, running for 80 yards and a touchdown. We don't got Shady. We don't have Shady on this team. Zach Moss? Who don't love Zach Moss? I love Zach Moss. Why are we still running him into the back of, of Mitch Morse? or the back of whoever is, whichever lineman, it seems like he gets the ball and he just, boom. I don't know if he thinks that they're just going to plow for him and then he just walks behind him. I don't know what's happening. But that's, that's not what I'm seeing. Shout out to my guy Brian with the super chat. Couldn't agree with you more. This is a McDermott and Dayball problem, and I've been saying Dayball isn't calling the right plays. Look, I, I, don't, I, don't, know if it's, I don't know if he completely threw out the plays that we were running last year. I don't know if it's that defenses have adjusted. There's a lot of talk about how defenses are treating Josh Allen the same way defenses are treating Patrick Mahomes and the way they're covering him. It makes it more difficult. To, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Yeah, it, it, I understand that defenses can scheme and they can, they can work to make things, fix things. And I understand that. I, I completely understand that. But I also completely understand that Josh Allen is, is the damn dude. He the boy. He the man out there. And I don't care how you scheme him up. He is the most physically gifted quarterback that we've seen in the NFL in a very long time. Actually, probably in history. Actually, probably in history. And I'm not saying that because I'm a Bills fan. I'm not saying that because he's my guy. I'm saying it because you can talk to people around the league and they will say the same thing. He has the strongest arm. He's, I know it's not week one or season one anymore. It's not his rookie year. So he's accurate. He's strong. He's big. He's fast. He can run. Not as good as Lamar Jackson, but he's not as far off. And I know that's a conversation that people are going to try to get me on. Do it. Come for me and I'll come for you. Because I'm going to tell you right now, in any situation, I'm taking Josh Allen over Lamar Jackson. That's what I'm doing. Taking him over Lamar Jackson. Why? Because Lamar Jackson can't throw outside the numbers. He's gotten better this year, but Josh Allen's better. Yeah, Lamar is the best running quarterback in the league, but guess what? 
Josh, when he, when he breaks that pocket, Josh is doing the same thing. Josh don't average 110 yards on the ground every year because he doesn't need to. Because <laughs> he also has the arm. Why aren't we using these guys the way they're supposed to be used? You can't blame Josh Allen <laughs> when the quarterback calls the play or the quarterback provides the plays and you got a couple audibles that they allow you to have and, and it's a play that doesn't fit what you are. Again, we were in the red zone. Josh Allen is built to bully people down there. Josh Allen is built to run boys over. Josh Allen is built to dominate football games from everywhere on the field. You want to move the pocket so he can be on the run, and then he throws it down the sideline. We've seen him do it time and time again. We saw him do it in big moments in the playoffs. Against the Colts, he had one to Gabriel Davis on the right sideline. Then he came back, did the same thing on the left, right, like play back to back. This is who Josh Allen is. Why are we not using Josh the way we're supposed to use Josh? Why are we not using Stefan Diggs the way we're supposed to use Stefan Diggs? Why is Cole Beasley now one of the worst slot receivers in the league? Granted, I know he's not as healthy as he was. I know he's not as healthy as he was. But why is he not actually in the slot catching passes? The game last night with the winds, what they were, with the rain, with the, the snow, whatever it was. I wasn't physically there. I watched how ugly it was on TV. With those elements, the way that game was, why were we not running short slant drag routes with Stefan Diggs on one side, with Cole Beasley in the slot? Something has to give. Something has to give. And that's not on the players. You can, you, can, you can talk about the players all you want to. Yeah, there were a couple drops. There were a couple things that happened that you might say, well, if, even with the way the game was called, then we still could have won. Came down to it, we were driving at the two-minute warning. We could have won. Right. But guess what? If you're using your players to the best of their abilities and you're putting them in the position that it takes for them to win, it wouldn't come down to two minutes because we're a better team than the New England Patriots. Damn it, we're a better team than the new we're a better team than the Patriots. We're a better team than the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're a better team than the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're a better team than Tennessee Titans. We're better. But you know what's not better? Apparently, this season is our coaching. And I hate to I hate to all season I've seen these little things, but because I'm I'm that stay positive, test negative cat. I'm, I'm just giving love all day, Coach McDiddy, Coach McDiddy. But there are, there are questionable things, questionable things. The challenge, what the hell was that? Why are we challenging? First of all, everybody knows. My, my three-year-old niece, Journey might be older than three now. Journey might be four. I think Journey's three. My three-year-old niece knows that you need inconclusive evidence to overturn a call. My niece knows that who don't even watch football. I bet you my dog Bree knows that. My husky knows that shit. Why are we not putting, 
Okay, I'm moving on because I don't want to be I don't want to be negative about McDiddy. I'm sorry, he's McDermott tonight. I just told you. But you're not gonna win no challenge like that if you can't see. You can't see it. Now, yeah, do we do we feel like he didn't get it and he got pushed through after the play? Yeah. Of course that's what we feel. But you can't prove that with the camera. So why are we wasting a challenge in a timeout? Oh, wait, rewind that, rewind that. First half. Why? <laughs> First half, right? We went into the half with how many timeouts? We went into the half with how many timeouts? You were so comfortable with the way the game was going in the first half that you didn't even use a timeout. And then second half, you want to waste it on that? There's regression. This season, everybody was talking about how Josh was going to regress. Everybody talked about how Josh was going to regress. Now, if you want to look at it statistically and be very critical of blah, 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 cool. Josh, can, you can say he's regressed because he has more interceptions to point and he's not fine, it, it, whatever. In my eyes, Josh hasn't regressed. He has the same freaking season that he had last year. He has a couple more interceptions because he's taking more chances, whatever. But Josh ain't regressed. Josh Allen, is, he's going to be this guy. <laughs> he's going to throw for 4,000 plus yards every season for the rest of his career unless he gets injured. And I don't want that. Not going to work. I'm not speaking that stuff into existence. But Josh, is the, he's that same guy. But Sean McDermott is making questionable decisions week in and week out. Guys are supposed to be active who aren't active. We had, we had, we had to go a half of, we had to go a whole half a season before he realized that Isaiah McKenzie shouldn't be returning punts and kickoffs. Oh, but wait, I'm not done about Isaiah McKenzie. I'm not done about that because last night he was inactive, right? He's been inactive for two weeks now. Okay, I get it. He's not supposed to be punt, kick, return. Correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't he the leading? I feel like he had the most touchdowns last season. I didn't look that up, so I could be wrong on the stat. If he wasn't first, I'm pretty sure he was second in touchdowns for the team last year. I'm pretty sure he was second. Why is Isaiah McKenzie not a bigger part of the offense? I know I, I've been critical of him on special teams this year because that's the role they have him in, and I don't believe it fits. I've said this multiple times. He got fired in Denver. He got fired, benched here for it, and then we brought in Andre Roberts, my guy. Shout out to Andre. Now he... I felt like, okay, cool. He's going to develop under Andre Roberts. He's he going to develop under the GOAT. Let's do this. He's going to develop under the GOAT. He's going to come back and do it. Okay. And then guess what happened? He didn't, he didn't develop that way. And that's okay because sometimes we always have this expectation because we got to – I feel like it's partially Madden's fault. We played a game, and I'm not, I'm not coming from the perspective where it's like everybody thinks these guys are supposed to play like Madden players. No. I mean it from the sense of, you know how development works. You do a you do a franchise mode, and you you don't cheat, but you play the players. They get better after a good game. They get better after the offseason. Their ratings go up, all of that. But what ends up happening in real life is that sometimes people don't continue to evolve their skill set. 
So Isaiah McKenzie as a punt returner, he 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 just hasn't developed into a better punt returner. That doesn't mean he's not a phenomenal addition to the offense. That doesn't mean that his jet sweeps aren't dangerous. It doesn't mean that even if you don't want to give him the ball, you put him on the damn field and let him run in motion so you can scare teams. That's what happened because they remember seeing him on film last year scoring all these damn touchdowns, and now we're not even utilizing him. This is what I'm talking about when I say Sean McDermott has regressed. This is what I'm talking about when Brian Dayball has regressed. Why, why is this? Why is this something that we can see as a fan base? These guys are getting paid. Listen, I love I love McDiddy. I love him. Everybody know I love him. This is bad. This is bad. Now, seven and five isn't horrible. It's not by any means the end of the world. There's a lot that can happen. There's, what, five games left in the season? There's a lot that can happen. Whole lot. And I know we lost to the Patriots. There's, a, there's, one, there's one part about that, the game last night, that I, I do need everybody to understand. Yes, we lost. I still don't feel like the, because we lost that the Patriots are better. The weather, this is not an excuse. This is just a fact. The weather takes away a lot of the skill set. It takes away a lot of the things that you just that you can rest on. Like you know, okay, we're better than this team with this. It takes a lot of that away. But the thing is, the Buffalo Bills have so much talent that they have several levels that they're better, which is still why we should have won that game. But when you have a game like that and that type of weather with the wind, with with rain, with snow, with all that, stuff, a lot of times it takes away so much that you really can't. You can't look at that game and be like, man, like you really can't judge it. You, you can't judge it the same way you would judge. Now, you want to talk about that Jaguar game? Hey, get after them, boys. They deserve, I think the players on the team will tell you that they deserved some of the criticism that they got after that Jacksonville Jaguars game. But it, it, it was not. It was not the move last night. That was not the move. That's not how things are supposed to be. So whatever. Moving on one more again. Moving on. I'm going to talk a little bit. Matter of fact, let's get back to the defense a little bit. I'm looking at my notes over here. I don't have my normal setup. I normally got like five screens and stuff, so I could just kind of do my matrix thing and just look. But so the Russian defense, all day I had people yelling at me, and I actually tweeted it last night. It was an emotional tweet during the game, and I'm like, oh, my God, the run defense and the run offense is embarrassing. It was. But it wasn't. Because when you look at the game, it took them 43 rushes, 43 rushes to get 241 yards. 43 rushes. Yesterday. Peter Schrager on, on uh, Good Morning Football says that the New England Patriots has a better run game than the Indianapolis Colts. It took them 43 attempts to do what he did. <laughs> no, ridiculous. I'm not going to go there. We can move on. But the defense, let me, let me just explain what I mean when I say the defense isn't bad. People talk about, well, yeah, but they still gave up four points. They did because the one big run. This is what happens. We always... Same thing y'all did. This is what y'all did to me earlier this year about Isaiah McKenzie because week one he had that great return against Pittsburgh 
and it inflated his numbers. And all season, I've been telling y'all, Isaiah McKenzie is not effective back there. He's not efficient back there. He's not supposed to be back there. Isn't he like the second best return man in the league? He's averaging 40 yards. That's what y'all did to me. The team figured it out. He got benched. Some of the fan base is mad, whatever. But now on the flip, let's look at this. Let's look at this. It happened. So I can't take it out. I'm not taking it out. It happened. 64-yard touchdown run. Jordan Poyer missed a tackle. Tremaine Edmonds missed a tackle. It was a huge hole, huge gap on the defensive line. Boom. Shot through, made it happen. Okay? If that one run was contained the way they contained them the rest of the night, which doesn't feel like they contained them because they gained 200-something yards on the ground, but it was 43 attempts. You take that one out, guess what? They averaged 3.5 yards a carry. If you run 43 times a game, I, I expect you to get 200 yards. The problem is when you get 150 yards with run, one running back running 20 times. When your entire game plan is running, your numbers are going to be like that. Because then you, on the flip, you look at what they did on, on passing. Three pass attempts. The Buffalo Bills, the defense is not the problem here. So, again, Jerry Sullivan, back off my dude, Jordan. Back off my dude, Micah. I get it. It's emotional. I get it. Last night was bad. It wasn't the defense. It wasn't the defense. I need y'all to relax. Wasn't the defense. Poyer for all pro, we riot. Tremaine, Tremaine Edmonds. You already know where I'm at with him. Let me get in these comments for a second here. Let me get in these comments for a second. I feel like I've just been rambling and I ain't been talking to y'all. Talk to me a little bit. Shout out to my man, Brian Bowers, man. Hey, we really got to get you on a code of conduct, man. Maybe we can do this uh, next week. I think I, I think we actually said next week. We got to get you on the show. Um, but Brian says, nobody wants to see Moss anymore. That guy is awful. No vision whatsoever. Look, I, I can't say that I agree. I can't say that I disagree. I, I love Zach Moss. Earlier in the season, there, it, it, I've said it plenty of times. I'm like, Moss RB1. I, I tweeted out during the game. Moss RB1. I like Zach Moss a lot. One of the things about Zach Moss that, that I like is that when he does get the ball, he, he um, I know, again, I talked about how he runs into the back of the line. That frustrates the hell out of me. Frustrates me so bad. But one of the things that I love about Zach Moss is that when he does run and he does get he does get going, right? What ends up happening is he, you, you can't tackle him with one guy. That's what I love. He, he's one of the guys that if he got the opportunity, this is another thing we got to realize. Our running backs still don't get opportunities. I don't want them to get more opportunities this year, but they don't get opportunities. When you're only getting five carries a game, you can't be mad at a guy for not getting into a rhythm. You can't be mad at a guy for not being able to really figure out the speed of the defense or or you gotta you gotta give these guys chances i promise you if you put zach moss in the offense and you give this guy 20 carries he's gonna look like the guy that we drafted because he's gonna have the opportunities to crack it you look at this look at what happened last night those guys got 43 opportunities when you get 40 plus opportunities i guarantee and then on top of it it's a physical game your defensive line is going to get worn down it just is that's that's the whole point. That's why Derrick Henry, before his injury, everybody was like, yo, this guy seems to get stronger as the game goes on. What the hell? 
Derrick Henry gets stronger as the game goes on. What the hell? Like stuff like that just don't even happen. But that's how it is. When you continually run the game or run the ball during the game, the defensive line gets beat up if your offensive line is doing their job. But again, Sean McDermott, we still starting players that, that, you know what I mean? Like they can't block an account on Twitter, yet alone a defensive end. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we still got guys on the offensive line that can't block for anything. Josh Allen's running for his life. We want to blame Josh, but Josh, he can't snap the ball. And there, oh, dude, there was a play last night, and it probably was the play that would have kind of got us to where we wanted to go, where Stephon Diggs was open over the middle, like open. And if Josh would have had a second and a half in the pocket without pressure, I truly believe the Buffalo Bills would have came up victorious last night. But guess what? Josh Allen had to break break the pocket. He had to run, had his back facing Diggs at that moment. Then he tried to end up throwing it to, to Knox. That was a game. You can't tell me. You can't tell me. You can't tell me that Sean McDermott ain't doing. <laughs> can't. Yeah, man. We use design runs in a dome. Trig says we use design runs in a dome, but we don't do any design QB runs when it's windy elements going. No rollouts again. Actually, you know what? I talked about this and I had a, a bunch of people jump on me about this, talking about uh, domes are for fans and not the players. And it's a soft mentality to want a dome and screw that. F that. Y'all can talk that talk all you want to. I think you got probably about, I think what the Bill Stadium right now fits about 70,000 give or take you got about probably 50,000 people last night that to tell you man build a damn dome <laughs> you gonna have something that's always gonna be like football is outside you know look it's time to build a dome it's time to build a dome y'all can disagree with me on this I don't care it's time to build a dome it's just time we drafted a quarterback to throw the ball in these conditions and guess what we didn't really throw the ball with them last night. And the, and the times that they did in the second half when they started to throw the ball, it's like, oh, look at this. The offense is moving up and down the field. But in the Dome, go look at the statistics for Josh Allen in the Dome and tell me what you see. Tell me what those numbers are when you look at Josh Allen. He's going to be here for the next, hopefully, right now, eight years. But he's going to be here for how long? This your guy. Indianapolis has the uh, the house that Peyton built. You know, let let Josh have let, let us have the house that Josh built. Come on, get the dome. Let, let's let's stop playing with this. Let's stop playing. Who else we got in here? What's going on? Shout out to my man Daryl Fletcher in here going in. He said he made some same points on Twitter. Let's see. Steph says something is going on in the locker room. The disconnect is showing more and more. Now, this is an interesting, this is an interesting point because what I'm thinking is, um, for me, what it looks like, I think the disconnect is actually in the coaching staff that I'm talking about. I, I do think, um, and I think it's going to be a storyline that's about to blow up. I don't know if it's true. I don't know if it's not true. But from the outside looking in, it does look, it looks like there is a disconnect between Brian Dayball and Sean McDermott. It looks like. 
Then I heard some stuff and I told the person that, that told me, I'm like, I don't know how much of that I believe. It might be true. But the things that I'm seeing, separate from what I heard, it very much looks like Brian Dayball actually does want to do some things that we were doing last year. Brian Dayball wants to push it. I'm not saying Sean McDermott don't. What I think Sean McDermott wants to do, I think Sean McDermott wants the team to have glory. Meaning, yeah, I guess I guess in a sense that is what I'm saying, it, the balanced attack. But that's not what I see. What I see from Sean McDermott is I think Sean McDermott wants to be able to somewhat make teams guess. And he wants to somewhat be able to figure it out so that way when we get to the playoffs, if we have to, because we figured it out, we can run with Devin. We can run with Zach. That's what it looks like to me because last year that was a problem. Last year that was a problem, I, and I said it a lot. Y'all got at me last year. We don't need no damn run game. Now this year everybody's talking about the run game and the offensive line. We need we need that run game. <laughs> we need that run game. So, but I do think that's I, I do think that's a very legitimate conversation to have. I think that these guys need to figure out what they want to do and stick with it. They should have they should have figured it out at the very beginning of the season and stuck with it. If we're gonna run, okay, run. But run successfully. Learn how to run with Devin. How is Devin successful? Huh. Guess what? We have film on Devin being successful. <laughs> Let's go pull up the first season and look at the plays that we ran with him that made the Bills fans excited to see him the second year. How, how, how can we see um, this year, Cole Beasley, be successful? Hmm, I don't know. Let's look at the plays from last year. All I'm saying is there's a lot of things that need to get figured out. And there's a lot of things that looks like people are being pulled in different directions. People don't quite know what they want to do. People don't know how things are going to go. I'm over it. I'm over it. But what I want to see for the next five, next five weeks, shout out to Cam Greasy. Cam Greasy said, I've given up on this team figuring out the run. Spread them, dink and dunk. And that's exactly where I was about to go. I want to see a spread offense for the remainder of the season. I want to see Isaiah McKenzie activated. And I want to see Stephon Diggs, Isaiah McKenzie, Cole Beasley, Gabriel Davis, and Dawson Knox out there catching passes from Josh Allen. The only time I want to see Zach Moss in the game is when they're going to use him as a blocker because they're going to run Josh Allen into the end zone on a quarterback sweep. That's the only time I want to see it. Hell, we don't, we got questions that pump, kick return. Let's see if Devin knows how to do that. I don't know. Practice. Put him in practice. See if he can catch and run it back. He's good in space. That's what punt returns are. Let's try it. Don't take me seriously there. I'm I'm just I'm just talking. But I want to see a spread offense going forward. Yeah, I'm sorry, Daryl. I forgot about my man Emmanuel Sanders. Need Emmanuel Sanders in there. I just got excited. I'm sorry. Shout out. Matter of fact, first, shout out to Emmanuel Sanders. Can I can I just take a quick minute? He's one of the the, the best guys in this on this team. Like Hart. Um, there there are a couple guys who specifically have kind of reached out or made some gestures with um, the passing of my family. And I'm gonna just tell you, Emmanuel Sanders, Jordan Poyer. Um, I'm not gonna 
just just know I love y'all. I love y'all to the moon and back. And and if there's anything I can ever do to to support you guys the way you supported me this week, man, I love y'all. So I'm gonna just I'm gonna leave that there. But yeah, Emmanuel Sanders, I'm I, I feel like a I feel like a jerk for forgetting him that, at that point. But that dude is cool. That dude is cool. But yeah, we need to see, we need to see Josh out there just just flinging it around. Get it get it to get it to Sanders. Get it to Diggs. Get it to him. Get Isaiah McKenzie active as a wide receiver. Get him active as a wide receiver. Let's figure this out. But listen, I'm going to go ahead and, and wrap this one up. I'm in a, a little bit early. Look, y'all go. Y'all go. Go back on Twitter. Go back on Instagram, Snapchat, and, and all these other platforms that y'all use. I don't know all of them, but go ahead and do them. TikTok. And go and tell people that the bills aren't done. The Bills aren't done. The captain on defense, Jordan Poyer, said to me this morning, we're going to get there, Brody. We back. We're going to do it. I'm believing my defensive captain. I'm believing my defensive captain. So, that being said, y'all know how the boy J. Spencer King do it over here. Y'all love each other. Take care of each other and live in peace. And as always, stay positive. Test negative. Go build. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on? Oh, Mom. <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio, a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. Design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per-pixel control. Dev teams, you get a zero-setup, developer-first environment combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features.